Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Thursday, September 19th, 2019. Guys, this is episode 8080 of Sherm in the Booth, and I'm going to need you guys to raise the energy level a little bit because I am absolutely, positively certain this is one of the biggest interviews yet. It is my absolute pleasure to have Win and Woo on the show. A few weeks ago, I got to FaceTime them when they were out their studio in LA, originally based in Chicago but they both are out there now and it is just so awesome to be able to connect with guys like this you know I have looked up to them for a long time about four or five years ago is when I first started hearing their remixes and to hear about their journey and how hard they've worked is truly inspiring and you're gonna hear me say it in this interview they make this dream seem tangible and I just absolutely loved it they are such cool guys too you guys are gonna absolutely love this interview just as much as I did I don't want to spoil anything so let's get into it right now I want to give a special shout out to Win and Woo once again thank you so much for coming on guys you really really do inspire so many people here in chicago and i meet it from the bottom of my heart so let's get into it right now guys episode 80 with win and woo hey guys what up dude yo can you guys hear me can you guys see me yeah we can see you what's up man how are you i'm good man i'm gonna do what my grandma does just put it inside her nose like this real quick (laughs) there you go your grandparents do that too Oh my god, they don't even—they don't even pull up to their face though. It's like they're just like looking down. Though. I know. <laughs> my dad, like, he doesn't. He FaceTimes me. He like doesn't even call anymore. It's only FaceTime, and I'm like, I'm honestly, I'm looking at your foot right now. What is the point of this? <laughs> right? I don't know why. Just talking on the phone normally. Yeah, I know, but is it kind of crazy that our grandparents have like iPhones and shit now? I mean, my grandma yeah, follows me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. The only picture—the only picture she has is of her knee, though. On Instagram? Yeah, it's literally just like an accident. I don't even know how she accidentally posted it, but it's a good picture of her knee. <laughs> Are you guys in L.A. right now, then? Uh, yeah, we're just uh, in our studio. It's kind of close to Silver Lake area. And, uh, yeah? Just up some tracks this week. Uh, you want to say hey to Chicago really quick? Sure. Hell yeah. We got the lake right here. Ooh, nice. Uh, nice. Where do you live at? Uh, I live in the Loop, kind of on Van Buren and Franklin. It's right next to the, uh, well, what I call the Sears Tower, but the Willis Tower, I guess, right? Right, right. What, what, was it, what was it before the Sears? Has it always been the Sears? I think it's always been the Sears. I mean, as long as I've been known it, it's been yeah, the Sears Tower. been alive, it's been the Sears. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's an icon in Chicago for you guys, right? Yeah. I yeah, know. Who still lives in Chicago? You yeah. guys are here next month. Oh, really? I just signed a lease today. Yeah, I saw you're doing a, a solo project, Mona Me. Am I saying that right? Yeah, it's like Monam. Monam. Wow. Yeah. Probably should be able to figure that out. There's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. When did you start doing that? Uh, it's kind of just been like a random thing to just start throwing music up on that, like, that aren't like, like not when it would track. So like, just like good songs that I like that I just didn't want to die in a folder on the internet. Of yeah. course, man. I mean, <laughs> die in a folder on the internet, right? Lost yeah. in a Dropbox. 
exactly. I know. Like, we have so many throwaway songs that are good that just don't fit the projects, you know? Right, of but course. I mean, when you guys... Perf- the world? Yeah, when you perform these days, I mean, people are expecting Winamoo music, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just yeah. a creative outlet, really. Yeah, absolutely. I respect that, man. I mean, do you... I mean, so you, will you have your own project? What about what about when? Do you do something like that, too? Um, not... Not like that. Uh, pretty, I have like I have like other music stuff I do, but it's like uh, I do like more writing for other people and stuff like that. Really? Because, like, are we talking like mini melodies or like actual lyrics? Uh, just like kind of writing songs with singers and stuff like that. Really? So, yeah. I didn't know that, man. I mean, has music yeah. always been in your guys' lives like since day one? Then. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, always done something musical throughout our lives. Like whether it's like straight up like school band or you know Nick was in actual bands. Like, uh, <laughs> What'd you play? Uh, started off playing. Well, I played pianos when I was like a really young kid, like from like seven and twelve, and then learned guitar and drums. Yeah. Uh, did all of the three, all of those three, like up until college, and then I took two years off, and then we started kind of DJing and picking up Ableton and stuff. Of course, were you guys parents musical then? I mean, my parents just made me start playing the French horn, and I wasn't a very big fan, but. Mine, mine weren't at all, actually. Like, my dad played piano, that's how I started to kind of learn from him. Yeah, you had a piano, piano in your house? Yeah, oh yeah. Dude, I mean, are you still applying musical theory knowledge from those days to your tracks now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was never, there's like two types of people, people that are like super good with like theory and like can read music really well. Right. Or there's like, kind of like more uh, like... Ear, like I have like a better ear for things, and I can just play. And I, I, I could always like it always took me forever to read music, but I could memorize it. Like if once I figured it out, like easily. You're really? Like, like Nick Cannon, you know? He <laughs> 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 read music, but he play it. <laughs> nice. That's a good reference right there, man. That's a good <laughs> reference right there. I was just, I was just watching uh, Wild and Out the other day, and I was like, man, Nick Cannon, bro. But he's still, he's still all over the place, actually. He's- He's still doing well, man. He kills it. According, I was listening to, uh, I can't remember if it was this podcast with all these like DJs from Vegas and stuff, but they were talking about Nick Cannon is literally the busiest guy in the industry, and I was like, damn. I mean, I mean he's like hosting shows, yeah. he's like throwing parties. He's like, a DJ too, apparently. Really? Of course. I mean, I that. Of, yeah, course. of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Why not, man? What do, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I think it was like Paris Hilton kind of did it first, and now it's like, Brody Jenner, I mean, it feels like everybody, even, like, Nick Jonas is a DJ, too. Do you think it, like, oversaturates the market because people are like, oh, now anybody can be a DJ, or is it kind of just the way it is? I think, because, like, the celebrity DJ thing is, like, it's, like, a whole different thing. Like, everyone, like, like, people take them seriously, but not for the same reasons they take, like, artists like us and stuff seriously. It's, like, just different, you know? Right. it It doesn't, like, hinder anyone by them being DJs. It's just, if anything, it helps, because then people are like, oh, my God, like, fucking Nick Dodge is DJ like you know like what other DJs are cool like, yeah absolutely I feel like it's seeing like national monuments or something like you go to DC once you're like yeah I've been yeah. there like I saw exactly. Nick Jonas like, DJ it's cool. once like it's, it's fine and then there's like dudes like Shaq where like he's been doing it for a long ass time but like you know, like he obviously never made like a move out of it now he still just does it for his love like he doesn't get paid when he plays he shows he just shows up because he wants to did you guys play the same day as him at Lala yeah he literally that's that's true actually that was like his interview at Lala Blues he's just like I don't get paid for this shit he's like I just like to show up and like play it's like it's like playing game seven he's just like I fucking love it I saw that interview too yes he did I mean I believe he doesn't get paid at all 
I mean, I'm sure he gets all of his shit taken care of, but, like, I don't think he's, like, walking away with, like, a $50,000 check, you know? No. I don't know. I wonder what Shaq could ask for, like, realistically. I mean... Probably a lot. I mean, especially now that, like, the whole EDM community is, like, taking him in and, like, accepting him as, like, a sick-ass DJ. I don't think he's turned down money, though. Because there has to be money. I mean... I mean, this is what he said in his interview. There has to be a business there, but I don't know. He's also a fucking... Yeah. <laughs> how many championships has he won? Yeah, how long was he on TV yeah, for? His, who's his agent? He has to be getting paid at least. Watch him be like the Serato sponsor now, like, and it's going to be yeah, on television like, or something. Just, like, sponsored by people. And yeah. just, like, I mean, anytime he makes a post for some company, I'm sure they give him, you know, here's a $100,000 check. Like, yeah, I think that's got to be where it's coming from. I mean, why not take that totally. extra in crowd? And he's just like, fuck it, yeah. It's like, you're going to give me a slap of Lollapalooza? Down. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tomorrowland main stage? Sure, I'll do that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's new for him, too. It's kind of crazy. I mean, he, he's... I, I grew up watching him. I was actually... I came from... I'm from Indiana. I was a Pacers fan, so he just ruined my dreams just year oh, yeah. in, year out. I mean... <laughs> but I still respect him, and I think he's, like, a genuine guy about it, you know, too. He's got yeah, a that, whole show. That serious... That serious XM interview I listened to, like, that, that, like, that was the first time I, like, really, like, heard anything about him doing yeah. stuff. Like, I've always seen him at a bunch of shit, because, like, we've seen him at literally, like, so many concerts, but, yeah, like, to hear him, like, say why he's doing it and for what, and, like, it's pretty cool. Dude, it's so weird. I went, well, it's beyond weird to see him, like, go in the crowd at, like, Prism, you know, when he played, like, that yeah, after right. show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm, like, five, nine and three quarters, if you don't look at my driver's license, but <laughs> if he was next to me, like, in the crowd, I'd be, like, a little bit in danger. I mean, he's huge. Red Fox. Like, he was literally, like, we were standing right next, like, by the side stage. And, oh, like, my God. Like, turned around, and it's just, like, a fucking giant. He's, like, literally a giant. <laughs> I mean, he's tall. He's, like, 6'10 or something. Yeah, he's fucking, and he's just a beast of a man. 310, he's fucking DJ Diesel, man. <laughs> fuck yeah. Don't fuck with him, man. How was Lollapalooza, though, guys? I was out of town. It killed me that I couldn't see that. It's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks, dude. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was great. Awesome. I mean, a couple Chicago guys, man. Like, I mean, you guys are very humble, but I mean, that's fucking that's awesome. Like the Loud Blueza, that's like there we go. Yeah. Like, okay, like you want to play Loud Blueza one day? Did yeah, you guys have that thought together one day, like at Lala, like we got to do this? Yeah, I mean, like, we always wanted to play Lala, but I, I, we weren't expecting it this year. So when it like came through, we were like, "Wow, this is crazy." Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's definitely like one of the best weekends of our lives so, so far sure. and you guys so. did it big like what's that's yeah, the was yeah. that the tito's stage this year that's the one on cement right yeah, yeah. that's the one that, that's like the built-in amphitheater that's yeah right there. so you got a good sound system yeah, right there a, and they don't play anything big. on the other main stage so focus is on you guys right yeah it was great like we had a big crowd like it was awesome it was fuck, it was perfect literally yeah. couldn't have gotten better if you could describe like that feeling in, in one word or even one sentence like what would it be like i mean that was a good set time too like it wasn't even you know Sideshow Bob or anything, you guys were like a big name yeah. on there at a great time. Yeah, I, think I, I think it just felt like super like grateful and like yeah, like, like surreal. Like it's because like being able to like have all of our family and friends there and all the people that like we kind of like started in Chicago with. Like yeah, a lot of like the promoters that first put us in shows and like ever like when, you know or nineteen to twenty years old. Yeah, like, yeah full like, circle. Like, to have them there so that was cool seeing that it was pretty cool just like to have the whole 360 thing come together yeah and yeah. You, did you guys have that drum line play too yeah it was like the bulls games guys the ones that do the bulls games yeah that's yeah. that's amazing how do, how do you like yeah. get, how did you get in touch with them is that just like as simple as a dm hey we're playing at lala 
management. Like, our, uh, well, one of our friends is a media director for the Bulls. Okay. So he has, like, direct access to, like, all these people that we can get in contact with. So, like, Benny the Bull, like, that's why he was at Lucy Childs and stuff. Like, um, he's just, like, a really awesome dude. He's just a media director for the Bulls, so he's killing it. And that's a great yeah, connection was, right he there. Stuff with, like, the custom team jerseys every, like, big Chicago show we play. Like, yeah. Dude, pretty it, badass. It's amazing to see just, like, DJs. Just, I, I, it's, like, not even DJing anymore. It's, like, a performing art. I mean, all this live music. Like, I've seen Gorgon City a few times, and they just played at North Coast, and I saw. It's, like, a live house, you know? And I know, um, when you play guitar on stage, too, right? Yeah, I, it's been a while. Like, I think I did it, like, once last year. Kind of, like, stopped doing that for, for the moment. Because mm-hmm. I kind of want to focus on some other things. Yeah, of course. But you're capable. Yeah, yeah, eventually down the road, you know, as our music evolves, you know, that's the other thing is our, we, we kind of take our music back into the electronic realm more mm-hmm. so than the pop realm, which yeah. we were headed down for a while, too. Yeah. So now we're kind of teetering that balance of pop and electronic. Yeah, and absolutely. So, like, live performances then shifted as well and turned a little bit more electronic, so, like, the need for the guitar was kind of lessening yeah. and lessening as we went. Yeah, well, I mean, like we said in the beginning, with everybody that wants to be a DJ and can be a DJ, just because of the age we live in, you have to differentiate yourself by yeah, yeah, a something th- a little different. Yeah, of like, course. Your own like, music, your performance, your brand, everything. It's not just like making good music anymore. It's you know. Uh, yes, yeah, you got to be a three sixty like marketing guru, fucking <laughs> web designer, like graphic designer. Dude, I know. Like, I I went to crazy. college for video and production and like i got a job in like logistics sales and i'm like all right here we go now we apply this to something so now i do this video editing audio editing like you know like recording interviews and stuff too and it's just like how can you apply your passion to actually make it monetary or monetary income right yeah i mean that's the goal you know down the road after you get to express yourself Mm -hmm. it's like myself and live off of it when you guys started together were you guys working full-time jobs or what was kind of the beginning of when I, you were there? I always had something there was always like not, no full-time jobs ever it's just like serving or bartending or like right just like I, I used to dj like every fucking night yeah, no shit open format been, gigs the whole shindig yeah just straight up open format around the city yeah um, you know like promoting just like you know we're doing 20 <laughs> friends you know like, <laughs> girls get in free girls get in free yeah, exactly. yeah. It's part of it, though, right? Like, I feel like you have yeah, to go it's, through it's that. Kind of part of the grind. You got to know what's bad to know what's good. Totally, and like, I mean, I, st- I, I love playing, especially in cities like Chicago. We were lucky that like, there's that culture there to yeah. thrive off that. Yeah. Where like that, that shit happens every night of the week, and it's yeah. fun. It's not just like basic, basic bitch boring shit. It's like yeah. actually like fun nights out in Chicago, as opposed to like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure if you go to like Miami, it's like Latin night. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, dude, and I mean, I've been in Chicago for four or five years, and I know you guys have kind of, quote-unquote, graduated from the local scene, so to speak, you know, like, tonight, yeah. like, I'm playing a house event at Celeste, you know, and, like, yeah, exactly. I've been That's doing, crazy. like, random events, like, I booked Hook and Sling to come to Cerise Rooftop a few weeks ago, and I just see this whole team coming together like a class in Chicago, you know, all these other younger guys and amazing producers, and I was talking to some older DJs, and they said how it's just, like, been a huge spark in the scene. I mean, yeah, what's yeah. your guys' perspective kind of from the outside now, looking back at Chicago, even when you come back? Oh, man, I mean, I, I feel like Chicago's always thrived just in general. I think, I yeah. think it's definitely changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it changed a lot from it was like a very club-oriented to now a lot more venue-oriented, I feel like. Yeah. And 
which is cool, um, but it definitely switches the culture from, like, just straight being, like, a house music city where, like, you know, like, Spy Bar is, like, the king club. And, like, yeah. yeah, right? The way, like, now it's, like, you know, Prism does all these shows, like, as, like, a venue and less of a bottle service thing. And, yeah. And, I don't know. It's just, like, the, cult- the culture just changed, so it's kind of cool in a way, but I'm sure coming from the inside if you've been there for 30 years it's got to be very different oh, yeah. yeah absolutely sure. I, mean, I remember just when i first moved up there how much different it was yeah now i'm not like even really besides like the clubs that we go and play and stuff like i'm not even like in tune with what's going on there anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah we're like pretty far removed from it as of late but I, I do miss it sometimes you know like i definitely couldn't keep up with like the the party the aspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but that's one thing we moved to LA is that like no one drinks in comparison. You know, like yeah, yeah Chicago's what? a drinking but, city. Yeah, it absolutely is. Midwest vibes here. You get a little bit of Indiana, Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Michigan. It gets yeah. cold. It's already cold here, man. What the hell happened in the summer? It's like, really, yeah, like, I've, I've, been, I've been gone for like two weeks. It's, I heard it's like What's, fall weather out there right it's, now. Really. Yep, yep. I don't it's know. That nice was fuck. two months of I, summer. I'm actually, like, first, first, it's my first year, like, kind of craving <sighs> some fall vibes. It's hot as fuck here now. Like, like September's the hottest, like, months in LA. No shit. Yeah, it's like yeah, 95 it's like, plus. I mean, I, I like, of course, when it's cold in Chicago, you're like, man, fuck, this place is so goddamn cold. I can't do anything. But also, I feel like it really makes you appreciate the seasons and holidays and stuff, too, you know, like. Yeah, it makes holidays cooler. Yeah, when the Christmas tree is up in, you know, Grant Park and it's actually snowing or it's actually cold. Like, if I'm in L.A. and it's Christmas Day and I'm just, like, hot as fuck, I'm like, (laughs) this is another day. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's pretty. I mean, I kind of like the consistency of it, but I definitely yeah. like, feel like I'm gonna like wanna go travel back to Chicago for like a couple of days in the fall just to like have it. But having it for that long, like a week or like a couple of days, is good for me. And, yeah, and we're fortunate enough to get to travel around yeah. enough that we get to see most seasons, no matter where we're at. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe I'll be like that in maybe like two years because. I mean, uh, I'm not saying LA is not an amazing place. I mean, so did you guys make the move out there because of music, because of management? Like, what was the main reason? Yeah, for that? that's there's a lot. It was like all all of the things really. It's like he's been talking about moving to LA forever. forever. I've been wanting to move to LA forever like, mm-hmm. since I could remember. Yeah, like and all of our management, Louis Child, like all the whole squad, literally moved out here. We were like the last ones in Chicago, so then Nick yeah. was like, <laughs> and then he left. Because he just wanted to get out of Chicago as well. Yeah, just, like, change it up. I had to. Yeah. And uh, now I'm feeling the same way. Like, I'm ready to get out of Chicago. Like, I feel like I've used up the creative juices that are there and then need, need a change of pace in, in my life. It's a hub, man. It's an absolute hub. I mean, so many singers, DJs, producers, like, just yeah. creative field there. I mean... And then work, workflow is just, like, so much better here. Because, like, you know, if you want a singer tonight... We could probably call like, ten people, and someone's gonna be able to come through. Like yeah. Chicago, you can't really get to that. Like it's like a, it's so a it's big process like, to find. Someone. Pretty much anything you want, you can go find and get. Yeah, true. Here. Have a but lot of the like, singers you guys have had on your tracks has that been remote or was that in person? A lot. I think mostly in person. I would say like seventy five percent is is all like stuff we've wrote in person. Yeah. Wait, the last few songs, like right in front of me, and here you are, where we all was all like wrote in L. A in our studios out here that we've had. So. How'd you guys meet Sarah? I mean, your new track, 
here you are, right? That just just released on Armada, yeah. Armada a month yeah. ago? Yeah, we uh, actually, like, there's this one song uh, that she did with Atlians or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a dubstep song, and I was like, dang, I like her voice. So you I, were listening to dubstep? <laughs> oh, we listen to everything. <laughs> and, so, and it's not, I don't even know, it's bass music. It's not like dubstep. It's not dubstep. It's there's no dubstep music. really anymore. I mean, yeah. that's popular, at least, I guess. But, yeah, and uh, so I, I liked her voice, so I had my manage, like, managers, like, hit her up her manager or whatever, and then she was down to do a session. We just, like, wrote the song pretty much in just one session, and then it, it kind of came together really fast. The best ones usually do. Yeah, that's true. But, Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. I mean, I know so many producers. You guys have probably heard of a line, James Fisher. I just had him on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was telling me that he's not actually worked with anybody in person. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, everybody has a different DAW they use, whether you use an Ableton or Logic or whether you prefer to work remotely or whether you prefer to work with the person you actually make music with. Like, everybody's got their right. own toolbox, right? Yeah. What's your guys' process? Do you guys work together every time? Uh, not every time. Not every time. We probably w- we would if we will like the more. Than yeah. Now that we're like living in the same city again, we will be working together all the time. But uh, for the last like year and a half, it's been pretty remote. Like I would fly out once a week every month. Shit. To, like come together with all the ideas that we had made, yeah. you know, separately, and then you know sift through them and kind of just like start working on it together from that. Yeah. Are you engaged right now? By the way. What's up? Are you engaged? Yeah, I'm getting married in like 40 days. <laughs> All right, congratulations on that. Thanks, dude. Is she coming out there with you then, of course? Yeah, she's out, she's out here right now. We've been like, we just signed the, like, a lease today and stuff. And then we're also getting days. married out here, so like everything's out here. Nice. Yeah, you guys are really setting sail for the West Coast. Straight up. That's, so. that's awesome, man. So I, w- I want to get in your guys' like kind of history of your music a little bit. I mean, you guys popped up, you know, really made a name for yourself four years ago with. A lot of your remixes. I mean, Dazzle, Evie, yeah. Phoebe, Ryan, of course. And then yeah. the quick leapfrog with Lewis the Child, Strange. I mean, amazing. And then Bryce Fox, Burn. And then, of course, the Chainsmokers, Don't Let Me Down. And then finally an original came. Recognize. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you guys had a formula, so to speak, it seemed like in the beginning. And were you working on original music that whole time? Or what was that thought process like? Not, not really. Yeah, we weren't really going in on original music until, until like we started working with Ash a bunch. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, the girl, girl like, unrecognized. And right. Like kept a studio shared with like those child and Ethan and all those guys. We all like working together so much that like, kind of over that time is where we definitely like, kind of found like our process to write original music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than just doing remixes. And, um, well, so that's kind of where that like switched. Uh, but definitely like yeah. writing with because like, it was the first time we wrote with like, a, a really great songwriter you know yeah like we the vocalists uh, not to say that they weren't like talented but like it's just a different story when like you're with someone who really like is really cool and their voice is you know crazy and they know how to like go all over the place and yeah you don't need to like sit there coaching forever and this song just pop out but we wrote like a bunch of a bunch of songs with her and, and, and like any of them could have been a single um, really? but that just kind of landed on yeah and like there definitely, I, I definitely remember a time where like we were getting to a point where like we can't do another remix like we got <laughs> like we can yeah. you can only get so far doing remixes so we're just like I remember I do remember a time where like we were like like let's start making original music and like yeah seeing where that goes 
but that time, man, I mean, remixes, like, that was kind of, like, uh, in between the height of SoundCloud, you know, like, when yeah, just remixes the thing, were out like, there, you could put anything out there, like... That's how you, that's how you got your name out, was kind of, like, not, like, using other people's platforms as well. You could go on and tour making remixes of Big Sound. Yeah, like, a bunch of people did, like... Yeah. Like, Blau, he's great now, like, they did all... Blau just did mashups to start with, like, he <laughs> yeah. didn't even produce anything. Cap Slap? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, like... They got big from it, like which is sick. And then they followed up with dope music afterwards. So right. Just like that was kind of like the culture of EDM. I mean, like I was in college at that point when you know all these names were blown up, like Blau and Cap Slap. I went to IU yeah, and these guys were coming, and the place was packed, and it was like the birth of EDM, so to speak. And that definition has changed so much over the past five yeah. years. But like in the Midwest college scene, like oh my the god, kids weren't listening to that all, shit all until like. You know, 2011 is like that's when people started kind of getting it's a into great, it. Great time to to be getting into this shit. I mean, I think like if like right now it has to be a lot harder. Oh yeah. But I'm gonna just hop in. You know, like it's just like it was easier. Well, as long as your music was good, it was easier to get recognized. It's true. And now it's I don't even fucking know. Like you know, like there's so many other different ways. That like you can get your music out there, but it's not like a guarantee that anyone will hear it or <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, we were fortunate to to ride the SoundCloud wave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, ride the fucking wave. Like, no shame yeah. in that. And the remixes worked for you guys, and it gave you a platform, right? And then exactly. I just said to my girlfriend, who like, you know, is a little more on, I guess, the, the mainstream side. She's gonna, you know, say, hey. why did you say that to me? But you know how it goes. Uh, but. <laughs> I was like, she was like, who's coming up to the interview? I was like, oh, I'm going to be interviewing Win and Woo. She's like, Win and Woo, I love their remixes and their new music. I'm like, there you go. If you're reaching, you know, my girlfriend who's like kind of top layer, then shit. That's yeah, the that's recipe, awesome. right? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that is kind of where it's, it's, we kind of fit. Is like we do kind of reach like a, like a very broad like spectrum of fans. Mm-hmm. Like, from people that like don't even like like a lot of electronic music, we just happen to like hear a couple remixes we've done or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, to like people that like love it, like heavy yeah, music, yeah. Like, like so it's kind of, we're kind of like a broad spectrum of, of fans I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, in well, the past two years, the music you've released has been extremely creative and really a step above. Just from my opinion, I'm sure you guys feel similar, but <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome, and I mean, your last track is awesome it's just like crazy to see just two chicago guys blow it up man like you guys make it feel tangible you know <laughs> hell yeah it, it is dude like yeah. it's not, and that's the thing is like <laughs> you don't really notice it because like it's like we're still doing the same things we've been doing for like the last 10 years like, yeah just yeah. like but not giving up on it is the biggest thing right yeah like, well, i feel like most people expect the instant gratification yeah. of shit and like we've been doing this for 10 years and we're at where we're at right now you know what I mean like a lot years. of people expect uh, the graph to kind of go like this and <laughs> which it happens to some people yeah, some you people know are yeah. but we've just kind of always been on a slow like incline uh, like a slower uh, like gradual rise rise but like you know but it's never it's always gotten better every year so that's kind of where we like gauge it like we're, are we doing better than we were last year as long as that's good then right there's nothing like drastic we need to like change change you know like obviously always try to get better and, 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 and get new things like and try new things and that kind of stuff but um, yeah it's been nice to you know watch it always grow and 
Right, of course. I mean, I, I, I the more I, I do this podcast and I talk to DJs, you know, on a similar path as, as you guys, it seems like everybody's kind of standing in a long line, right? And it's exciting when you see this ride and it's like, oh, damn, we got to go on this ride and it's a long-ass line. Yeah. Well, it's got to be worth it, right? So you stand in line for a year and you get your gigs and you do your remixes and you're like, wow, this is so exciting, all this stuff. And then a year goes by and you're like, I really expected this to happen by now or I really expected right. this to happen. And a lot of people are like, fuck it, I'm not waiting in this goddamn line anymore. It's too long, and it's not moving as fast as I would. Exactly. And, but, like, there's a lot of factors that play into that shit, too. Like, I mean, real life gets in the way. Like, you know, you gotta yeah. get bills. Like, you got, like, you know, family pressure or whatever. Just, like, anything. Like, so there's so many factors that can knock you off course. It's just, like, a matter of, like, do you have the dedication to actually fucking stay the course and go for it? Like, yeah. Do you really love it? There's so many ups and downs, even still, like, there's so many ups and downs. Where, yeah, you're used to it by now. You just gotta ride the <laughs> and push yeah. through it. What, what have been some obstacles you guys have overcome either together, professionally, or even personally to get to this point? I mean, I think re- most recently, just living in different states for the last two years, that was probably yeah. the toughest one. But, like, everything, we've gotten better because of it, but I think at first that was a little weird, or just yeah, because we've, like, been together like every day for like 10 years and or like seven years or whatever and then all yeah. of a sudden like <laughs> or, you know like saw each other once a month yeah. unless we were like touring like, uh, during, like so that was that weird. was the most recent I yeah think. that was an obstacle for sure to obstacle. figure out but then we got good at it yeah and True. We, yeah, working out you know what i mean yeah. like that's the thing is like you can't just like be like all right well this is fucked like <laughs> you just gotta make it work and like ride it like ride it out you've definitely said out loud to each other this is fucked I know that feeling. It's crazy. I mean, and, and being in a duo, I mean, you guys were obviously friends before you got together and started DJing and producing, right? No, that's kind of, I mean, kind of, like, that's kind of why we became, yeah, we became friends through it. Like, yeah, we weren't, we didn't know each other beforehand. I just started DJing. He wanted to learn. I, saw, I knew a friend of his that, like, yeah. lived with him. And so, like, I was just around while he was, like, DJing in his apartment and shit. Well, I, wow, that's cool. I, like, Bedroom festivals, it, baby. It, and then he got us, like, our first gig and then kind of how it started. Yeah, like, I had, like, some sorority bar dancing. I was like, I don't have equipment. He's like, you got equipment. I was like, I don't want to make 500 bucks. Like, let's do it together. And then after that show, we were just like, damn, that was really fun. Like, let's keep doing this shit. And then just kept doing it. It's <laughs> crazy are. once music comes into your lives. I mean, like, I know I said I'm from Indiana. Like, there was not anybody else who wanted to be a DJ, was really into electronic music until I got to college. So damn. when I came to Chicago... I didn't really know anybody, especially DJs, and I was just, like, walking around to clubs and introducing myself to people and saying, hey, I just wanted to, like, you know, get into the network or whatever. I don't you know, whatever you got to do. And then through this podcast and just through DJing and everybody, I've met just, like, better friends and have had longer-lasting relationships that mean more in such a shorter period of time. Hell yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's important is just find that common thing and everyone's in it for music and shit so like right music, like, <laughs> it's great when you just click with someone you're like oh okay all right yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. i cool. see you especially other people that are working hard too it's like this whole other layer of like this life you're going through that maybe your girlfriend or your mom or dad or your brother doesn't understand but this person's like hey i see you grinding i get that right yeah totally i know so you guys have played like a lot of shows i mean barts from sorority barn dance to Lollapalooza tito stage do you guys ever like miss those old college parties or like you know the college sets and stuff like we still kind of do them yeah <laughs> of course like, we, we play, play more than college 
college shows. We play more college shows now than we did in college. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like we play so many college shows already that like yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to go to get to go back. Yeah, of course. we're also getting like a little older right now, so it's like you know, uh, it's fun. <laughs> but then it's just like all right. Um, that was- <laughs> no, it, it's it's a blast though. I mean, like we're playing one in Philly next week. We've never played a yeah, show we have a show in Philly. So. I think it's that's sick. Necessarily, it looks like a little bit more organized than an act like it had a frat. Well, that's the thing too is like college yeah. parties have evolved since back in the day. Dude, you know, they're so like, much. Yeah, they're not even parties anymore. They're fucking concerts. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally they are dropping ten k. Like, I have a DJ in your frat basement, and you know yeah. it's dark and weird and loud. Like it's straight up like. <laughs> Production. Like that was our first Dang, like, like out of state college show was in like Texas in Dallas at wow. like a frat. Or was it no, Houston? Yeah, Houston. and it was like in the basement, you know, like there was like an eight <laughs> classic frat party shot thing there and like we're like stand crates, you know. Spray painted tarps on the wall. Yeah, you know, like, but like that was like but that was then and like now like you know, now there's like giant stages with like a sound guy and like fucking lasers and shit Seriously. yeah it's definitely gotten better so it's definitely we even did a sorority party or was that this year oh yeah we did a sorority party at a sorority a sorority party sorority is a party now it was for charity okay yeah, but it was it was sick but it was fucking sick and they have a whole you know a whole stage and like it was awesome like <laughs> goes to show how much it's changed right like we were just talking about how like really that whole area was coming on like when i did frat parties they were like like you said plastic shot glasses, girls with mascara running down her face, guys that were right. debatably going to throw up any second, the you know? The floor is, like, covered in booze. Oh, yeah, you're not walking out of there with like, non-sticky feet. You're bringing your own equipment just to literally have some fun. And yeah, now exactly. it's, it's, hey, we're going to book Win and Woo out in Philadelphia. These guys live in L.A. We're, they're in, based in Chicago. It's like... Right. We're going to fly them out. We're going to put them up. We're going to pay them, whatever, like... Yeah. Like, there's these so wet... It's insane, and there are these websites, Beat Gig. I, I'm sure you guys are on that. Like, you can book anybody off that, and just has access to Chris Lake. Like, I think that's literally the guys that just booked us in Philly. I wouldn't doubt like, it. It's insane. Yeah, they right? they just yeah, like, it yeah, it is. It's like the company. They like the frat probably used that company to book us or whatever. Yeah, these social chairs are like, hey, let's just take our social money and just put on one big party every semester, every quarter, whatever it is. Yeah, and like. I would choose that over just throwing a bunch of small parties throughout the year. And I'd be dude, like, fuck yeah. Absolutely. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, and of course. Like, let's really, let's, re- let's blow this badass and, like, party out. <laughs> of course. So, like, those types of sets you guys don't normally plan, they come out and you just kind of go for it. What about, like, a bigger stage, like Firefly, for example? Um, I mean, we bear- we only adjust our sets, like, for frat stuff slightly mm-hmm. because, like, like I said, like, nowadays especially like it's it's evolved like you're not just a dj you're a performer like you said like yeah like these kids expect to hear your music and like yeah. they they listen to you on soundcloud they hear your mixtapes like they so like we don't really change much outside of like for frat stuff we might add a few like more popular vocal type tracks in the mix but outside of that like i feel like we stay pretty true to what the win and woo performance would be like whether it's on firefly yeah or a straight up you know frat we like a couple of different like templates but like yeah, we always change it so like you know we'll have like one that we work off of and then we always like change it as 
as like we make new songs and need to fit those in or right as if we get like bored we'll just like scrap it and make a whole new one you know yeah but you guys are you guys started as djs so right yeah exactly so i think that's the other thing that's coming back too is like people are starting to actually appreciate like the djing thing again yeah like it doesn't have to be like always it doesn't always have to be like this performance that you could just be like some guys up there playing songs they like yeah and like but like having good taste and like people like loving that you know yeah so that's like coming back the need for djs like i see i think you'll see more people that are just djs and maybe don't produce at all yeah and people are still like i would love to go see that guy because he does a fucking sick party <laughs> yeah know? of course so I, I think that will like make a comeback too I mean, people, and if you think about, like, if I'm, like, a booking agent, right, if I'm a club or a festival, you're going to look at who's going to sell tickets, right? But sometimes over the course of years, people are like, well, this guy's a really good producer, and because of the day and age we're in, I've seen maybe some producers that aren't as good of DJs and vice versa. So it's like, do you want a guy who's just going to crush this set or a guy who has, you know, millions of Spotify plays? And it's, like, kind of changing a lot. It's It's like you said. Yeah, like, it's not a, that's, again, goes back to, like, you have to be fucking good at everything. Like, <laughs> like, you can't just be a producer or just a DJ, like, or, like, anything. Like, you gotta be good at it all, otherwise, like, it's, it's tough. You won't last long. You won't last yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. Like, so you gotta, true. Like, you either gotta be good at it or find people who are and want to do it for you. Do you guys feel like it's become a smaller scene? You just know more people at this point? Or, like, how does it feel to you? Like, I still sometimes I feel in Chicago, I'm like, man, everybody knows each other. Everyone knows each other in Chicago. It's, I feel like it's pretty small. But overall, it's a small scene in general. Like, yeah. Usually when you're out here, you realize that it's, everyone's pretty interconnected, especially at the higher level of things. There's, like, a like, few key players, and then there's, like, a tree of people under that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, like, I bet my managers know almost every tree. Yeah. But I think, you know what I mean? Now that they're here, and, like, nice guys. like And it's not that, and it's not that many people, yeah. really. Right. Yeah, there's... It's pretty, there's, pretty small. There's a few people, you know, pulling levers and whatnot, but I think... Yeah, exactly. The truth is, people see talent, or they know how to find talent, and when they do, they're, like we got to make this happen for this guy because it's such a team industry. Yeah, you can't do it. It's almost impossible to do it alone. Like, you can't. You can't. What, what would you say to, like, younger people that are producers and DJs trying to make a name for themselves? Like, you guys have worked hard, of course, you know, the cliche answers, but, you know, any, yeah. any tips? Yeah, I mean, I think just when you're trying to look for a team, like, don't force it, mm-hmm. you know? You need to make sure that you're obviously reaching out all the time you're looking for a team I think forming a good team is the biggest thing that you can do yeah something that you that you know is going to actually work for you and that you trust I love that really hard to find that but you got to kind of let it find you always be looking but also don't just like take whatever comes your way because you you think you need a manager or a booking agent like you should wait until it feels like right and that you guys are like on the same page and they have this they share the same enthusiasm about your project as you do yeah and sense to like move forward money aside yeah. and i think at the same time like younger producers like they they think they need managers and stuff like that right off the bat and right. like you really don't because it, if you don't you have to learn those things on your own and again that goes back to like you have to fucking know everything mm-hmm. so like you don't want to hire someone to do something completely and not know what or why they're doing it yeah so like take the time 
and learn to do that shit yourself. Like answer the emails, you know, yeah. read about how, how contracts work and like what a like pub like the music business aspect of it. Like learn that yourself. So when you do hire someone, you know that yeah. they're doing their job correctly and you know that kind of thing. Like because you know how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys obviously have each other, which is huge. Always having each other's backs, but yeah, being a duo helps for sure. Yeah. Are there anything in about being a duo that have been good and bad? I mean, obviously, musically being inspired by each other, but have there been any difficulties that you guys have to deal with? Oh yeah, like we always, you know, like we have different tastes and stuff. So yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, disagree on songs. Yeah, disagree or on stuff on songs or yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just a bunch of shit. Like you always gotta like go back and forth on it and you know that poses a challenge but it also is a good thing because you're usually going to end up with the, the better end product yeah you push each it. other to the limit like to make I, wanna, it the best. I usually want to play a bunch of really deep scary house and who wants <laughs> Bruno Mars you know so it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. it's the yeah, levels wow. in between it depends yeah. it depends where yeah it depends where you're at you gotta try to stay on the same page you know <laughs> I love that very well said man uh, and it's funny you just said that, actually, because I saw on Instagram, I think it was like a year ago or so, but you quoted, you're not really friends unless you make fun of each other, and, like, that's yeah. so true, like, unbelievable. What do, you, what do you guys do in your free time together outside of music, or is it always music? Uh, eat food, lots of food, like video, game, video games. Yeah, FIFA guys, what's your game? Drink, yeah, we go drink a lot. Drink, lot. <laughs> drink. <laughs> Probably go get a beverage. Yeah. We're probably gonna do that right after this. To be honest, it's funny because I'm seeing like all these Instagram things, like, of all, and I, I totally respect it. I wish I could do it more, but everyone's like, yeah, sober September, like, I haven't oh. had a drink in three weeks. I'm just kind of like, that sounds boring to me. I don't think I'm that. It's gonna take a few days <laughs> off. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a, I'll take a couple days off and maybe just have like, you know, one or two beers tonight instead of like a bunch. But one or two IPAs, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> one bottle of wine. You know? Yeah, of course, man. What's your guys' favorite beer while we're talking about that? I like, I like Pilsners right now. Yeah. Like a, yeah, we're like, I mean, Dosecchi's Dosecchi's Amber is my all-time favorite. Beer. Oh, yeah, baby. I think that's up there for me too. That's like, the best beer. It's like the beer you have when you're young, and it just like was the first one that tasted good, at least exactly, for me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, this is what beer is supposed to be like, not warm bush lights. Mexico, yeah. 17 years old with two limes, and I, I was like, goddamn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mexican beer. Is yeah, Mexican beer is definitely, awesome. I think, the best. Ones. I yeah, I, I I gotta have boy. You guys got it out there, Lagunitas. That's a that's a go to for me. The IPA. Yeah, Lagunitas is really good. You're, you're, I'm you're an IPA Lagunitas. guy. I'm an IPA guy for sure. Yeah. We used to be, dude. We used to love them, and then I think we overdrank them. Man. I'm trying not to. I'm feeling like it's coming. Yeah, we like lost the taste for it. Oh no. Okay, I'll I'll make sure to slow down on that then. Thanks for the advice, guys. Yeah, definitely switch it up because like for we for sure like. Every weekend was like IPAs. We used to drink this one's called Resins. Yeah, they're like percent, and they're delicious. They're super hoppy though, like so. Like, yeah, but you know, you, they would fuck you up. You can only have two or three of them. I think slowly we just got kind of sick of the the extra hot flavor, so we just faded away off of it. You know. Of course, do you guys do you guys usually drink during your shows? Like, what's what's your go to yeah. for pregame? Yeah, a little tequila. We used to Beer. we used to get really drunk, but then we realized like. It's not, <laughs> like Cause like you do fuck up, you know, and like now oh, I yeah. guess things go from like yeah. just like general, you know, fuck ups to like you really just like ruining ruining your performance. So like yeah. now it's more just like you know casually have a shot or two. Yeah, and it's then, it's just you know not that we really. I mean, 
you just, I feel like you still get nerves, like, you know, every yeah. time. It's awesome. I feel like it'd be weird if you if you didn't, that would be, like, a little unhuman. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, sometimes it's nice to, like, get, kind of take a shot or two. or But definitely not, like, being wasted. Like, that would, that's just no, that, that becomes no fun at this point if you're too drunk to, like, kind of comprehend what's going on. And uh, I feel like, like it's nice to have a clear head and, like, really connect with the people Absolutely. that you're playing for. Yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're really fucked up, it's, you're kind of just in your own world. Yeah, you're yeah just, shows. Like, kind of bullshit. Yeah, for sure. I, I like to, like, of course, have a little bit before, like, with friends, almost as, like, a hey thank you for coming let's hang it this is like the last time we can hang out before i get in the zone but like i start drinking when i get on stage because it's like a tick almost you know you transition sip say hey to someone in the crowd sip and then it's next song and it's like you gotta i mean you gotta pace yourself it's it's an industry where drugs and alcohol are prevalent and it's a matter of self-control so i I like that guys yeah as long as it doesn't hinder you in any way like do your own thing like no judgment but everything in moderation right exactly just know your limits. <laughs> That's the Midwest uh, phrase for just getting away with anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Moderation. <laughs> yeah, moderation, guys. Moderation. Pull that out. Pull, bring that to L.A. for me, okay? <laughs> so last question, guys. Obviously, you know, 10 years ago it was 2010. It's about to be 2020 right now. It's been so many changes in the last decade. What do you guys think is going to happen from 2020 on? Yeah, man, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Yeah, dude, the music industry is so busy right now. It's, yeah, it's like it's hard it's, to tell. House music is king again. Like, yeah, uh, I think the electronic scene just kind of went is going more underground. So yeah, I feel like that's yeah. the house. I feel like it's coming back from like those 2012, 11 vibes where you know electronic music, actual electronic music, is king and not not the pop stuff that was happening for yeah the last two years three years whatever yeah i mean like everyone trying to like kind of you know do the same thing that chain smokers did or something but you know but yeah that was and like trans go from like being a producer or dj to like Pop singing artists. in their own band and stuff like that's just not gonna happen with like us for sure or like yeah other people so like i think that's when we realize okay maybe we we should just go back to our like what we're really good at and that is like making like fun vocally dance beats yeah so yeah i mean for the future for us is that i think and then i don't really know i think this whole scene in general is just gonna thrive off some originality again and just you know yeah of course i mean it was a whole wave that like i kind of experienced with you guys i mean like there was Tiesto in 2007 to 2009, Trance, and then like Big Room and Progressive really just took over Hardwell, the Alesso, Swedish House Mafias, and then it went into like Trap, like Original Don, the Flash Adamas remix, sparked Bauer, R.L. Grime, and then it went into like Kygo, you know, where like it was kind of branching out more mainstream, and then like the Steve Aoki's hopped on top of that, and even like Tiesto too, and now... House music has always been there, though, right? So it's like... Right, it's never gone away. It's like you guys, man. It's like you guys didn't have a jump like this right away. You've just been like this. It's like, hey, we've been doing this the whole time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like, keep it, keep it rolling. I feel like that, I feel like that, like, that, like, bassy, tri- like, like, almost like a Troy Boy kind of style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like, experimental I feel like stuff. that's gonna have, the, that'll have, like a, like, a nice little, like, wave here soon. For and sure. I love that be- stuff. Yeah, me too. Just not aggressive, but like just creative, 
Yeah, Dude, like people want to dance again. Yeah, yeah, half the reason I got so into house is because I couldn't keep jumping at these festivals for, you know, three days straight, ten hours a day. I was like, <laughs> dude, I don't have it in me anymore. And now I can yeah. go to a, a festival like Movement or something like that where, you know, I can dance the whole time and it's a real connection with the crowd because people are truly there for the music and to let loose, however you want to say it. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen in the next decade is going to be smaller festivals more frequently. And yeah. I mean, there's just so many talented producers and DJs these days. It's like I'm I'm never going to run out of people to interview that are talented. Never. Yeah. I will gonna... I will die before I run out for sure. And I will <laughs> do it. I'm going to do an interview on my on my deathbed for sure. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> that's awesome, guys. Listen, I know you're busy. You got to go get some beers. I'm probably going to do the same. Thank you so much for taking some time. It was a pleasure to meet you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to acknowledge you again. I got so much respect for you guys, that Lollapalooza, just see that milestone. I really mean it when I say, like, you make it seem tangible for people like us, you know? Thanks, thanks, man. That's fucking Appreciate cool. it. Absolutely, guys. Well, you have a good night. I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right. Thanks, you, man. Later, Peace. Man. Later.